0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Happy Haven Podcast. Um, This episode, we have David Taylor, um, awesome multimedia author, um, built a really awesome universe, and just an all-around great guy. Can't wait for you to listen. We have some really deep conversations uh, in this episode uh, with convictions that we proudly stand by. So uh, enjoy, guys.
1: Yep, I can hear you just fine. Cool. We're good to go then. Yep.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, Let's see. Let's make sure the cell phone's on silent. Good. All right, we're good. It should be perfectly peaceful. (laughs) If the children and the puppy can hold out for just a little bit.
1: Huh? Children and puppies, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know. I do. So, uh, how are you this fine Friday afternoon?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, Week's been so busy, I'm surprised it's Friday already.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast we eat up 24 hours now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just been, uh, but I've got a lot going on. I've got a lot happening at once, but... That's that's the way I like it. That's the way I like to do it. Oh, so what do you have all going on at once? (laughs) We'll get right into it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I've got a new book that I'm prepping for release. And uh, I've been working hard on getting that ready on a bunch of different levels. There's a lot of little things you have to do. And then I have to work on my marketing strategies for that. I just finished a third coloring book. So that's out now. I um, am working on several sequels that I'm writing at one time. And also, I guess uh, I have uh, another career as a musician. So I have uh, uh, videos and mixes that I've been trying to get out for a while, but I've been working on getting them right. Wow. So, so yeah, I got a lot.
0: (laughs) Yes, you do. So, for the folks who may not know who you are, just coming onto my podcast, um, why don't you introduce yourself and actually tell them what you do, so, so they know what, what these books are that, that you're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, my name is David Taylor the Second, and I'm an author, a songwriter, a producer, and a recording artist. And uh, in terms of the books I do, I do science fiction, fantasy, uh, children's books, and comic books. And so I have uh, novels, I have comic books. Also, I do uh, RPGs, and uh, I've got an RPG coming out probably next year. I actually have a meeting on that tonight. Really? So, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, just to give you the short version. Yes. I, I wrote a story about how the war in heaven got started. And it became, the the first novel became a number one hit in like three countries. And I created a whole world. I mean, that was always my goal before I wrote it. But uh, I'm glad the book was successful. But I created a whole world. It's kind of a steampunk version of heaven. Yes. So I have many different types of media content set in that world. So I have the novels. I have coloring books. I have comics. And then the RPG. And the RPG, you get to play as different characters from the book but what makes it unique is you're not at the mercy of the dice or the GM you actually get to choose you have light side powers and dark side powers so every time you go on a mission you get to pick how much of either you use and so you can stay on the light side which has some advantages or you can go dark sided if you go uh, too dark you'll flip your card and you turn into the dark version of your character and then you can't flip back. Wow. So now you'll be on a mission working against the very people you were working with five minutes ago.
0: So are these like your angels, so you can either be an angel or a fallen angel?
1: uh, Yes, except the angels are unique. They're not like the typical, you know, kind of Greek-based, you know, little baby angels with the valentines on the bows.
0: <laughs> no, we're talking like the way angels were originally written, where you have archangels and then the armies that are under them.
1: Yes, so the, but I have... Even in took, heaven,
0: angels carry savage weapons type of...
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I took a lot of creative license. Like, um, like uh, I've got angels with uh, two right arms. I've got uh, all kinds of weapons from... Uh, crystal swords to ice chakrams to lightning swords to razor whips. To, so I have a lot of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, I guess, non-standard, if you will. Yeah. So I have had nothing but a blast creating in this world and um, so much more I want to do with it. So I really can't turn it out fast enough.
0: <laughs> That's amazing, man. I love that concept.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really do. Lot.
0: As someone, you know, I mean, my language gets a little crusty sometimes, but um, you know, I do actually go to church. It's a non-denominational church, so there's not a lot of um, man-made dogma to it. Um, uh-huh. You know, so it doesn't have a denomination, so there's not all these weird humanistic rules for people on how to behave and how this and how that. It's very um, Grace and Jesus-centered, um, uh-huh. which I needed because I was extremely rough <laughs> when when my wife, who ultimately got me to go to church, uh, met me. Um, so I actually, my concept of what you're talking about, that's actually what I picture. Uh, having lived a life with no sort of foundational knowledge or faith or hope in any of that, and then having it now and seeing the differences of light and dark in both human nature and in a spiritual world, you know, I mean.
1: Yeah, that's all very, very real, very true, very practical day by day. Mm-hmm. And also I'm working on, uh, I'm working on that whole thing about why men, you know, how did, how did Jesus go from getting 12 men of various backgrounds to completely lay their lives down. How do we get from that to you can't even get the average dude to go to church? Right. And uh, so I'm working on putting together some material on that. But the short answer to that is because church doesn't treat men the way God treats men. Whenever God shows up, he shows up with a promise and a reward. And that's why Abraham followed him. And that's why Moses followed him. And that's why David loved him so and that's why all those men follow Jesus, because he shows up with a life that's better than the one you're living. Exactly. And very, very rarely is that communicated to men, whenever you talk about any type of spirituality, any frame like that, very rarely do men get the impression that I will be my life will be better if I invest in God. Uh, more often than not, they get a, an impression that it's more of a kind of pimp and hoe kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I,
1: I just come bring my resources, and uh, the person in top, their life gets better, and they get all the money, and they get all the women. And why do I want to support that? <laughs> right,
0: and then but then you also have the uh, well, why should I do this? Because you're supposed to. Yeah, but but why? Be- because you're right. supposed to. There's a punishment if you don't. I don't see any physical manifestation of a punishment. So why am I supposed to do this? Because you're supposed to. Like that, that circle, circular argument. And then, right. you know, I mean, then you also have the, you know, I mean, our church teaches deep complexities of, of the fall of man and, you know, well, why does God let bad things happen? God doesn't let bad things happen. Why? Well, yes, he does, he, he, you know, if he's the creator of everything. And then you have to have this, this whole conversation with them, you know, and it's easier to do one-on-one and it's really hard to do over the Internet. But, you know, you have these conversations People like you understand that when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, that there it's pretty spelled out that there was a transference of power. That you know, Lucifer, after he fell and took a third of the angels with him, his ability to deceive Adam and Eve they transferred ownership of the world of the plane of existence that we're on. Um, There was a divorce and you know, if you want to call the earth mom, mom remarried. And, (laughs) you know, the stepdad, uh, it wasn't the guy who created it. It was the one who tried to take it from him and got literally sneezed um, out of heaven. And that's why there's all these horrible things. But how much easier is it for people who don't know to just blame God for everything? And that becomes their their obstacle or or their their particle wall that they put up around themselves.
1: Okay, see, now I already know that this conversation is blessed and orchestrated because everything you just said is what I'm going to address in the novel series.
0: Oh, wow, really?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, almost verbatim.
0: I love confirmation, man, I'll tell you what. People who listen to, like, every other episode where I have, like, comic book people on and da-da-da, that just do secular entertainment, they're going to be like, Oh wow! When they start, <laughs> when
1: they start listening to this one, so yeah. yeah, because all of those questions, all of those questions are the very questions that people need the answers to, and I'm amazed that so much of our theology doesn't explain it as succinctly and as easily as you just did. That needs to be a part of every believer's theological arsenal, if you will,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you know how did we get here? Because you're trying to sell people on the concept of a good God, but we can look in the world around us and see so much evil. And the question is, how do you reconcile those two concepts? And it's what you said. This isn't how we started. Right. We sold out. <laughs> this was never intended. Right, right. Never we sold intended. out. And this is what we got for our sin. So, but yeah, so those are the very things. Uh, so my first book deals with how Lucifer actually starts the rebellion in heaven. Oh wow! Well, the series is over. We end up on Earth, and I'm going to deal with all that stuff you just said. I'm going to deal with it, but I uh, it's it's kind of also written in of the a Lord of the Rings style approach. Mm -hmm. So it's a a lot, you know, a lot of fighting, a lot of action, a lot of military strategy, that whole thing. So it has levels. It's got you know.
0: See, it's funny you say that because our our uh, pastor, our lesson just the, this past Sunday um, was dealing with, with a lot of that. And part of it was, you know, they always say put on the full armor of God and then you explain what that is, you know. But, you know, he was he was saying the, the example of, of how to not lose heart and to stand firm in your faith is that there is warfare going on that, that we don't see. And it is savage and it is violent. You know, I mean, look at when, um, what, when... Was it Daniel that was praying? Uh-huh. An the angel yeah. comes to him, and, he, you know, I always picture him, like, bruised and out of breath, and he's leaning on his knees, and he's just like, we heard you the first day. God gave you an answer that, the first day.
1: That but Daniel that, chapter 10, yeah.
0: Yeah, that darn prince of Persia has held me up for days, man, and Michael had to come reinforce me. He showed up with his dude's and you know what i mean like he's like yep. we heard you the first day you had yep. your answer the first day but we had to fight through the principalities that satan set up in the heavens as a barrier for god to have direct contact with you you know cuz this was pre you know pre messiah world here we were the curtain was had to be certain amount of thickness so that we all didn't die when we entered into the temple you know so like you know the veil hadn't been ripped yet and he was actually talking about that that you know there's that God fights for you every day his angels fight savagely for us every day and you know there needs to be an an, an acknowledgement and an appreciation of that that everything you ask the Lord for earnestly that lines up with God's will you know um, that there's a battle for each answer that you get
1: So, yeah, man, so I'm with you
0: uh, on that
1: that theology, and those are the very kinds of things, like I said, almost verbatim that I want to address, because it's a universal human experience, and once you understand that these are the things we inherited from Adam, and we all have to deal with it, whether we like it or not, then you can understand the need for a savior, you can understand the need for the cure, you can understand the need for having a relationship with God being the only thing that can help you fight all the stuff you have to fight because you can't beat it on your own. Right. So, yeah, yeah, man, I'll, I'm with you. I'm right there with you.
0: <laughs> what is this book series called? Because my wife got turned on to the Wendy Alec. I don't know. Have you seen her, her, her um, the, the trilogy of brothers or something?
1: Uh, It sounds familiar, but I've read a couple. But my uh, book, as a matter of fact, I will send you a link. My book is called uh, Lucifer, Soldier, Serpents, and Sin. Okay. And I'll send you a link.
0: Okay, so the game, the comics, and and the books, they're all on this. Are are the coloring books, um, are they based on this or is that something else?
1: Coloring books are based on this too. Coloring books oh, feature animals that you find in the uh, in the book series.
0: You know how crazy it is. You're on here right now. <laughs> I literally reached out because I see you tweet stuff about the stuff I like, and then I saw the flashcast stuff and was like, "Oh, heck yeah, comic book nerdy guy!" Let's get. And then this is happening, and I'm just like goosebumped, sitting here with my jaw on the floor.
1: <laughs> brain exploding with you. I mean, okay, for real that. dude. All right, I just sent you the link uh, on Twitter. So yeah, so um, it's all the same world. So for example, um, I'm trying to get my uh, comic because I've got a couple of shows that I'm doing next month. Uh, my uh, I've had some uh, challenges. Uh, with getting everything uh, with deadlines, just dealing with jobbing out everything I was doing. But uh, one of the comic series is set in the future, and it's about a human-angel war. And it's kind of, a uh, without giving away any spoilers, everything's connected. So everything you read in any one of my comics is pointing to something somewhere else in the world. So, it's, got, it's called The Nephilim Wars, and it has to do with when human and angels came together and made children. Yes. And then uh, I've got another one. I've got at least two, actually, that are set before the events of the novel, before Lucifer comes to power. But they have to do with things that happen when he does. So, it's all connected. It's all like this one world thing. So, I'm just having a blast. It's just I'm trying to turn it out in a timely way but keep the quality high and, you know, <clears throat> a lot of things that have to job out. So I have to coordinate all that too. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: But I like that though, like the different types of media that form this persistent universe.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: All these different entry points for people that can lead to other stuff. And you know, once you have them with the story, they'll go to the other medias to be, to see the continuations and just make sure they didn't miss anything. Cause Fandoms be rabid dude, so that's hey, a genius approach to creating a world that brings a message that will save somebody.
1: Uh it it's it, it's all connected, you know. You can you can be entertained, you can be enlightened, and you can be called all in the same sentence. <laughs> My
0: man, that is amazing.
1: <laughs>
0: that is amazing, dude. So how how long have you been doing this?
1: Uh, I've been writing since I was a child, I've been writing professionally for, was it 2017, maybe 14 years now. Wow. And I had been doing, uh, did a lot of stuff at school, uh, did a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but just moved to a point where I was more than ready to get my own stuff out there. Things I've been sitting on for a while, you know, sometimes it, um, Sometimes it takes you a while to really get the focus and the awareness and uh, just a whole lot of things kind of have to come together. But once you do, then it's like you can't, you know, I I wouldn't sleep if I didn't have to.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. I can Yeah.
1: I've been reading comics since I was a very little boy, but I've also been writing comics since I was really little. I just never push it to the point of release. And then many, many years ago, one of my best friends saw <clears throat> him and I told him, you know, my comics backstory, he's like, David, what is wrong with you? You need to get this stuff out. And I was like, Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so it kind of came together in a funny way. And then also like we were talking about before, just in terms of my personal life, uh, I had a lot to fight through when I was a young person. I had a whole lot of different areas that I had to deal with that weren't really healthy. Uh And even as a really really small child, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. So I had a lot to fight through in my life. And becoming an adult was like a gauntlet. So sometimes I look at people that have like, Everybody has problems, but some people have, they're they're ushered from one stage of life to the next. And my life wasn't like that. I literally had to fight to make every transition I've ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. So when you grow up like that, see, if you're going to create, you have to have a place of calm, a place of peace, a place of stability and a whole lot of stuff to really let what's in you flow out. And my early life was not like that at all. My early life was literally one fight to the next from as far back as I can remember. So, you know, I definitely would have liked to get to things sooner, but, you know, that it just didn't work out that way. So So now I feel like I have an opportunity and, you know, and for all that I've been through, I'm going to pay a blessing forward. I'm going to be, be sure to give birth to everything that God has given me to give birth to just to to share my contribution with the world. Because that's, you know, that's the best response you can have when the enemy tries to hold you down and hold you back and take you out and do all that kind of stuff to you. Then you got to get out there and you got to give birth to all that stuff he's trying to stop you from doing.
0: <laughs> right. No, for real, dude. I actually, I think it's uh, it's going to sound weird. For people who a don't go to church, b don't buy into it, or c have gone to a gent, what I call a gentle church, their whole life.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. God said, if I tie them, I'll, I'll be financially blessed, and, and all these good things will happen to me. And as long as I'm here every Sunday, and the preacher never says anything that tugs on anything that could be a conviction, because he doesn't want to rattle the boat. that that that's a lot of what goes on today. But um, if you're not under attack from the enemy and you claim to be a child of God, you're not
1: serving the purpose. You need to check that.
0: (laughs) Right. Like, if you're being left alone, then you're basically on the same level as somebody who just doesn't know. And you are no threat. No threat there's souls and there's eternities affected by what you do on a daily basis. And if you're supposed to know better, you better be having a gear up because if you can sit back in the cut and chill out, you ain't doing it right.
1: So that's exactly
0: right. You know, when and you talk about getting attacked, you know mm-hmm. what? Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> that's right. Cause that's that
0: means right. you've got something that he doesn't want somebody to get. And whether it's a giant audience or whether it's one person because when you talk about what we're talking about sure selling 5 million copies of the music that I've made or stuff that I've written you know your books are out you're this and that you know you've got these you've got music and all this and wouldn't it be great for 20 million people to buy them but when you're talking about what me and you were talking about and you're talking about eternities if it reaches one person that's one person eternally affected one way or the other You know, that's
1: exactly right. And um, and uh, again, you and I are completely on the same page because that's pretty much my attitude. You know, my attitude is like, you know, I love meeting new people. I love talking to people. And if you can just make a difference in one person's life, if you can just be an encouragement, if you can just make them feel like that their voice has value, that they need to they need to birth their dreams because there's a reason they're inside of you. And no, no human being should be sitting on their, their deepest dreams and not pursuing them, no matter what they are. And so that's really, you know, the way I'm living, but hopefully I want that to be an inspiration so that other people can do the same thing because that's the thing that makes you get out of bed every day. That's the thing that makes you become a voice of value when you find your God-given purpose. When you find the thing that God put you on the earth to do, And you will also ultimately realize that the earth is poorer if you don't do it. Yep. So if you're supposed to be an athlete, get out there on that field. If you're supposed to be an architect, if you're supposed to be a politician, you know, work on your your character, your ethics, and when you get in office, make sure that laws are passed and make a positive difference in people's lives. We need that more than ever. So, you know, that kind of thing. So... Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a hundred percent with that, that if you are just, you can't just let your years fly by and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're just wasting your precious life.
0: (laughs) Right. And, and like we said earlier, when we were opening, before we even knew that we were like-minded and spiritual brothers, dude, like, I mean, we talked about, look how fast the days go. You don't have as much time as you think you do. Nobody does. You know, I, I have kids. I'm watching one become 20 in January uh-huh. that, you know, and then I've got my youngest is 11 now. When did that happen? You know, like,
1: <laughs> right.
0: And then think about all the other stuff in between that, you know, as you watch your child get older, that's also your timeline. That's just running. That's right. So, you know, do something.
1: Yeah. I'm a father too. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that whole experience, and um, uh, you know, being a parent is one of the most life changing things you will ever experience on this planet. There's that you can't you can't describe it unless you experienced it, but right, you know, you will never know you can love something so much. <laughs> and, and by the same token, it makes you so much more aware of the world because when you have children. Your children are just in a hurry to get out there in the world and you're like, well, no, let me prepare you Right. because you, you don't really know you're ready to charge ahead, but you don't really know how the game goes yet. So, yeah, there's there's no experience like being a parent. It will really make you grow up, make you learn how to sacrifice, make you do long-term planning. It, it makes you do a whole bunch of things. and. And so there's there's so much in it. And it's really funny because when I'm around my guy friends that don't have kids, I can tell they've never had children because you think differently when you've never had kids. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, it's really, really something. But that's another reason. Um, uh, it's really funny because I got into a, a bit of a disagreement many years ago with a children's church director because they brought me in. And I was doing music at the time, and they brought me in to to work with the little kids. So I ended up telling the story of Noah. And I told the story of Noah biblically as I saw it in the scriptures. And the children's church director just lost their cookies, man. They are like, David, you can't say that. And I said, I can't say what?
0: Can't say what?
1: Right, all that stuff, all those those images were just really intense, all that stuff. And I said, yeah, but that's, you know, what I believe happened. And then I was like, that's why people don't get it, because nobody tells you the truth when you're still a child, when you're still impressionable, and when you're still uh, forming. If somebody could get the truth inside of your soul, it's not... This thing where we were like rocking and rolling and splishing and splashing and going in the arky two by two—that's not what happened. No, what the happened the human was race
0: God, was at its most vile and violent and and sinful.
1: That's right. And the scripture says that God, He He said our thoughts were evil continually from our youth mm-hmm. up. So that means God was looking to the hearts of young people, and He didn't like what He saw. So he got so disgusted with the way we were living, he wiped the human race out down to one family of eight people. That's not funny. That's not funny. There's nothing cute about that.
0: No, there's no strum the ukulele and sing about the happy giraffes when we right. became God's biggest regret.
1: Right. What a thing for the creator to say. I'm sorry I made you. So anyway, so I just called him. like... <laughs> You know, I just called it like I saw it, which is what I have a tendency to do. And they were just, oh, my goodness, you know, the kids were. And I was like, so from my point of view, that's why I write the way I write. That's why I talk the way I talk. That's why I tweet the way I tweet, because it's it's that type of approach, at least in my life, that I think helps you cut through the chatter Mm -hmm. and realize what it is that you're looking at. And um my my book cover has been kind of controversial because it's really really intense. And when you if you haven't seen the cover, you see what I mean. Um as a matter of fact, I'll put that on Twitter for you right now too, but I'll put it on the Twitter wall. Yeah, and man. so a lot of people have been like, you know, whoa, that's really intense. And I'm like, yeah, but it makes you take it seriously, doesn't it? It makes you realize what you're dealing with, doesn't it? It makes you uh understand that this is this isn't a joke see from the beginning god has told us this thing was life or death from the beginning he said this thing was life or death that we have to choose so
0: yeah that covers pretty metal dude
1: yeah it's intense
0: <laughs> it really is
1: so so a lot of people you know have uh giving me pushback on that. But I'm like, but it does what it's supposed to do, which is get your attention and let you know it's not a joke. This is not a game. Right. So, so yeah, so you will find uh, all of these themes that I'm talking about in my work. Uh, Like I said, the, the, the biggest theme in the RPG is one of choice. We worked really hard on the game mechanics and it's really kind of uh, unique and it's really, exciting all the beta testing we've done people have loved it they just loved it because uh it's a new experience where where again uh no matter what the role of the die no matter what the gm says you got to choose right so you have to do a bunch of strategic planning because things you know change if you stay light-sided and use those powers as opposed if you flip dark-sided and use those powers and and uh so yeah every single game experience for the RPG is completely different, and people have just loved it so far.
0: That's amazing. See, I mean, you're talking to the same mindset, man. Like, comic books were everything when I was younger. I grew up on Batman the Animated Series and the X-Men cartoon and playing D&D with friends and video games and music and this and that and this and that and... I still am a part of all that today. I know where to separate it from to what what can't become more important. You know, cuz I, I mean, I've n- not on here cuz I don't really talk about faith much on the show at all. Maybe I should. Um maybe this will be an eye-opening change for my show from now on and people will just have to deal with it. But um <laughs> You know, you you, you get that weird, you know, you you bump into people sometimes that are more dogmatic than spiritual and, well, how how can you, how can you like superheroes? How can you, you know, and you look at them and you go, because those are fictional characters. And the values instilled come from all different kinds of backgrounds. And I know that spiritually that's not where I'm going to draw my inspiration from. So it's okay to read a comic book and it's okay to play a game as long as like anything else you don't let that become either a source where you can build doubt or something that becomes almost more important than what truly matters. So for me, hearing that there's going to be a tabletop game that I can play that is going to spiritually line up with what me and my family actually believe has me stoked
1: Oh yeah, man! I will let you know. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Kickstarter going, and I will support
0: uh, the crap out of it, and I will promote the
1: crap out of it. Thank you so much, man! Thank you, really for appreciate real. that. So yeah, we're we're uh, I'm planning on that. I may be able to debut it as early as quarter one, 2018. Uh, I have oh. to see, but but that's what we're shooting on because we've been working on it for a while. But um, I'm I'm really proud of it. I really enjoy doing it myself. And then, as you know, there's a lot of writing that goes into it. But now what you're talking about before, you know, part of the the fun of superheroes has always been uh, letting your imagination run free. Because the whole thing about superheroes is that it's uh, a form of catharsis and a form of projection and just a form of, you know, we watch them do things we wish we could do. Right. And like you said, I think keeping it in perspective is the healthy way to go. But. With anything, not just with fandoms, with any type of faith, spiritual, religious beliefs, whatever, that is definitely the difference between faith and dogma. Faith is believing. The dogma dogmas, when you have closed your mind to any possible uh, other perspective or interpretation or whatever, and to the detriment of your own life, you're going to stick with that thing? Like I have watched people let their kids die because they didn't believe in medicine or they didn't believe in prayer or they didn't believe in this, they didn't believe in that. And I'm like, yeah, no, man, that's dogma. That's not faith. But anyway, so <laughs> for
0: real, like, I mean, my, my wife's, she's talked about stuff like that, you know, where she said, God, sure, you're right. Healing comes from the Lord. We can ask anything from him with our intercessor up there at the right hand of the father for all the sacrifices. You're right. But he also gives us wisdom. And if wisdom says to get your butt to the doctor, you go to the doctor
1: right that's you why know, and, and that's, not
0: just in that situation but you know in the world not of the world is is a really you know it's one of those I call them t-shirt verses because everybody knows it and everybody bandies it about to the point where it almost becomes trivial
1: where it becomes cliche that's right because yeah
0: so you know she always says that she says yes we go to God for everything but he also gives us wisdom.
1: That's that's why we have gifts of medicine. Why would God give people gifts of medicine? Because if you're going to be any kind of doctor, you have to pay a heavy price in life to practice medicine. Why would we have that whole profession if we didn't need it or weren't supposed to use it?
0: Right, exactly. So I'll pray for, for your healing, like anybody that I'm talking to. I'll pray for your healing. But thank God that, you know, there's a doctor in pretty much every field that you can also be sent to so i will pray for your healing but thank god that he granted us with the intelligence the tools and the wherewithal to be able to work with our own hands to fix things as well
1: that's right that's now, right and that like you said we have we have specialists as well because you know you never know where you're going to need help but i want to go back to a topic that we just touched on before yes sir and that, that's a toxic fandom So, I've been in the game long enough to kind of watch things grow and develop. And, you know, you see me tweet about my favorite stuff all the time, and you see me tweet about stuff that gets on my nerves all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I'm always pretty clear. Um, But I think what's happened is um, on a very real tip, I think people need something to believe in. And I think that Uh, many times we don't have the family backgrounds like we used to, and then many times uh, a lot of the leadership or the heroes or the things we used to have just aren't there like they used to be. And I think uh, there's been a lot of transference of emotional energy to the fictional worlds. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I also think that you know, a lot of people just go too far because they're just fictional characters. I love them. I love the world. I love the experience. But it's, you know, it's entertainment. It's stuff we've created. It's 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 fictional stuff. And some people seem like they take things personally, like, I don't know, like you're talking about their mom or something. I mean, it's just, you know, a trip.
0: hmm I like the Wally West flash more than the Barry Allen flash. And then it just becomes this, like... <laughs> You know what I'm talking... It just becomes this, like, I will burn your body and keep your skull for a sex toy type level of insults <laughs> toward each other, and you're like, I just like the guy that's in the yellow a little bit more than in the red, but you go ahead. Right. And But, but it has seeped into what, what I've seen that I find really disheartening and, and disconcerting is It is that level of divisiveness and toxicity has gone way beyond being on people's political views, and Mm -hmm. has trickled down into something so much as which issue of which comic you like, what TV shows do you like, what channels do you like, what do you? It's become everything's become so tribal, and 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 divided.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm it always. It's easy to laugh
0: to... about it when it's comic books, but when you realize that it's literally in every facet of almost everybody's life, right? That human, the human race is ripping itself apart with these weird compartments that everybody suddenly needs to be in,
1: and that we've accepted it as normal. Yes, that's why I'm always um, because I did a, a thread on Twitter last week, but that's why I'm always talking about how. You know, we need to be grateful for the fact that we have a uh, a uh, community where we can just get together and enjoy these worlds and enjoy these stories, and there aren't any barriers to entry. And I'm like, we need to protect that experience. Yes. Because it's one of the last communities left where we can just get together and hang out and have fun just because we want to have fun, and if there's no barrier, you know, there's no age barrier, there's no ethnicity barrier, we can just enjoy the world, and it used to be where we would just meet at conventions, and, you know, enjoy all the cosplay, enjoy the panels, mm-hmm. and buy some back issues, and make some new friends, and go home, and I'm like, how do we turn into this thing where people are threatening your life, right? Because because you like a different version of the character. And I'm like, well, you know, these characters have been around long enough now to where everybody's going to have their own favorite thing and their own favorite version, and that's kind of inevitable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, but it's not worth all that, which y'all talking about.
0: <laughs> I like Jake Garrett. Get out of here, old man. Like,
1: yeah. You know, all kind of stuff. So, so I'm just like... Um, and then, you know, and a lot of it started with uh, Twilight and shipping. Mm-hmm. A lot of it started when when it seems like all of a sudden, because I remember the commercial that I felt like was a turning point, and I was stunned that it was okay. It was, there was this commercial that they had. It, were, it was about Twilight movies, and they were talking about Team Edward and Team Jacob, but they had a bunch of, I think it was either pre-tween or tween girls with shovels, and they were beating people with the shovels. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. And I'm watching this commercial. I'm like, really? You're now encouraging violence. And so the whole <laughs> thing kind of turned now to where people are, you know, just, just adamant to the point of, you know, th- that kind of extreme. And I'm like, you know, but I'm always going to call it like I see it. And everybody, you know, has got a right to their own opinion, to what they want, and I don't begrudge anybody that, and I don't take stuff like that personally. I'm like, you know, you don't get to tell other people how they're supposed to think and feel. I'm just telling you how I think and feel, and you have the freedom to do the same, and, you know, that's good enough for me, <laughs> you know. Right. So, but I'm like, I just want to enjoy some good stories. I just want to enjoy my favorite heroes, and I just want to meet some really cool people and I just want to enjoy these worlds, and I don't see why that's a problem. <laughs>
0: and that's that's the whole reason why I started doing this podcast. Uh-huh. What was to do exactly what me and you were doing now? What um, you know, the other people I've been able to meet and talk to, doing this. I'm not, you know, I say it all the time. I'm not doing this podcast for, you know, the Nerdist Network to be like, oh, this guy's got listeners. Let's buy him out. Like I don't, I don't care if I never see a dime from this. There's so much more that gets spread. If, if it spreads a little joy to somebody's day, if they can download this or stream it on iTunes or SoundCloud and it gives them an hour where the world doesn't seem as bad, I'm good with that. You know? Right. like. So, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I started... And I, I've seen, you know, almost everything get more and more toxic. And... I will not try to absolve myself. Um, on social media, there are certain issues that I become a very salty sailor of a person on Twitter, and I always get convicted about it after. Um, you know, But it's never, it's never actually to the person, it's always to what they're talking about. There's a level of stupidity people keep go, anything insulting the military or the unborn, and you're going to get Peter instead of Paul, (laughs) as my my wife calls it. Uh Um, And I, I really have to work on that, because then if I were to approach it to somebody that I've just, you know, there's cuss words in the tweet, and I've just laid it out on the line and gone all out, I have to remember, well, how am I ever supposed to try to civilly talk to that person? Or, how would I ever witness to them with what I just showed them of myself? So, it. I, I, there are times I would literally, like, almost throw the phone like it was on fire away from myself and take a break from the night.
1: Well, you know, social media can really have that effect on you. And, um... I think that everyone has, because what you're talking about is values. Everybody has core values that trigger them. And when you when you step on, you know, a landmine attached to a value, then everybody has that deep kind of passionate response. And I know exactly what you're saying because I have friends and family in the military, and if you're going to make the commitment to put your life, on the line for your country, what, what people may or may not understand is that the only reason we can sleep at night is because somebody else is staying up all night. Right. The only reason you got peace and safety for your family is because somebody has sacrificed their family and their life to enable you to do that. So there is um, a level of respect that needs to happen for someone that's sacrificing so you can be okay. Right. And. That's what I mean when I say, you know, I get that. And, and I get when you're tapping into core values. Um, for me personally, I, uh, for me, it's it's just more like, um, I, I've said it before on Twitter, there's the facts are facts crowd, and then there's the emotions are facts crowd. Mm-hmm. You are never, ever, ever, ever going to convert me to the emotions are facts crowd ever. Right. So it doesn't matter what people say, you know, blah, 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 because, you know, I'm honest about how I feel, blah, blah, blah. But these are the facts. Facts are facts. Facts are not subjective. Opinions are subjective. Emotions are subjective. Facts are not. So you're never going to talk me out of that crowd. And so that always amazes me when people are saying, because I feel something, that's what makes it true. Right. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Something is true because it's true. It's outside of you. It's not true because you think so. It's not true because you say so. It's not true because... What was it doing to be true before you were born? No. Before your parents met it, before you crawl out your mama's womb, what was happening then? Right. What's going to happen when you die? When you're not around to tell life that you, you ain't doing it right?
0: <laughs>
1: right. See, true, see, it's not subjective. It's going to roll
0: on like you were never there.
1: Right, right, right. So that's what I mean when I say so. So when I'm listening to people try to say, if you're saying this is how I feel, great, we all say that. If you say this is the way it is, I'm like, you got to back that up with some facts.
0: And that's where you lose them, because we've had a couple generations in this country, mine included, that have been raised that there are no moral absolutes. Once they were able to get that philosophy out there and have it take hold, you know, I mean, I being being an '80s kid, I watched. You know, I, I tweeted it today to somebody else. I said, I really think that the '80s was the last free decade this country had.
1: Yeah, me too. Right there with you again. Right,
0: because in the '90s, I saw. it. I went to public school. My kids don't. I am willing to pay extra money for them. What's it? My my wife's grandfather started the school they go to. It's attached to our church, mm-hmm. and his philosophy was. You can't expect them to want to live in Israel when you send them to Egypt all day. Wow. Right. And that was his philosophy. So he actually started the school because in the 70s, his youngest daughter, my wife's cousin, um, she brought home some book that they had to read in public school. And it was about some girl going through self-discovery um, in a physical way, and he was like, yeah, nope, and shut it down and <laughs> started this school. And here, you know, 30-something years later, this, um, you know, my wife graduated from that school, my oldest graduated from that school, and my youngest is in that school now. Um, but in public school I watched in the 80s, everything was okay. Bad things happened, yes. And people were ignorant, yes. And people held prejudices and biases and everything. Yes, they did. But we were still, on the whole, more together. And then in the 90s, all this, the self esteem movement rolled in. The, you know, there's no such thing as a normal family, which I know what they, it sounds horrible to say that if you grow up with a husband and a wife together with children, that. To say that's that's the normal family is, is mean. I guess that would be the ideal family. But, you know, like they brought in all these wishy-washy concepts, you know, the political correctness got a foothold and this got a foothold and that. And now here we are in 2017 and you almost can't dress your kid for Halloween without causing some sort of UN needs to intervene existential <laughs> human rights crisis. <laughs> you know, and so so like there's almost no fun in anything anymore, unless well, you completely shut the world out and just enjoy the things you enjoy.
1: Right. Which is pretty much what we have to do in, in geek world now. But Ooh, uh, yes,
0: sir. Most definitely.
1: Uh, kind of what happened was that uh, the underlying idea that made the transition that you're talking about is we confused I have a right to an opinion with my opinion is right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that That's not the same thing. So if you want to say, this is what I feel, this is what I believe, this is my perspective, this is my choice, uh, of course you can do that. But when you start saying, this is how other people have to feel about it, when you start saying, it doesn't matter who we hurt to make it happen. Right. When you start saying a a whole bunch of things that takes it out of the realm of me making my choices and me now saying, you know, everybody's choices have to be superimposed because that is not possible. It is not possible for every choice and every option and every perspective and every philosophy to be whatever it is you think it should be. And so instead of just, you know, like you said, back in the 80s, instead of just kind of doing your thing, we, we switched over to this mindset of everybody has to do my thing or everybody has to acknowledge my thing or everybody has to like my thing. Or you are monsters. Right. Nobody can speak against my thing or it must be something wrong with you. And I'm like, well, again, if you're trying to say I have a right to my opinion, of course you do. If you're trying to say my opinion is right, that no, that's not correct. Sorry. You can't go east and west at the same time. I hate to break it <laughs> for real. <laughs> well, yeah. that's
0: also the concept where everyone's like, my free speech, my free speech. Yes, you are right. In this country, we have free speech. Thank God for it. We have free speech. The other half of that sentence that nobody seems to understand is, your free speech brings consequences.
1: I was to say we don't have consequence free speech.
0: <laughs> that's but that's what a lot of people Well I can say whatever I want because it's free speech. You're right, your mouth can utter whatever drivel or awe inspiring quote you can think of. But there are consequences for every action. And yeah. there's power to words. And if words have power, that means that that word is also an action and there's a consequence or a reaction to that action.
1: Okay, see now, what you just said is a reason that everybody needs a mother and a father. What you just said is, what has to happen when you grow up is someone is supposed to teach you how life itself works. Someone is supposed to teach you, this is how life works, son, this is how life works, daughter, this is how this goes. That's what mother and father is for. And if you grow up without the frame of understanding that this is how it works, then you'll emerge into your adult life believing things that aren't true. And one of them is that you can have a consequence free choice. You always have free choice. That is not news, but you will never have a consequence free choice. There is no such reality. Right. Um, and all you have to do, if you want practical examples, because many times people say, you know, you're just talking about platitudes and abstract concepts. I said, no, let's look at physical laws. Let's look at gravity. You go on top of a building and you jump off, everybody going to fall.
0: No, I don't believe in gravity.
1: Yeah, right, right, because gravity goes suspend itself. Gravity does not even suspend itself to avoid a tragedy. So if you live in a high rise, and your two-year-old baby climbs on the patio, if that baby goes over the edge, that baby going to fall. So gravity, uh, velocity, uh, combustion are examples of the same rules for everybody. Things that don't care who you are, how old you are, what your background is, what your political or religious affiliation is, they You're work the way they persons. work. Right, right. They work the way they work. So there are some things in life that are just like that. And if somebody doesn't teach you that while you're growing up, that this is the way this goes, then you're going to spend the last day of your life jumping off a building talking about, I got rights <laughs> and, <laughs> and gravity, gravity can't pul-
0: get me. Why? Cause I don't acknowledge its existence. I don't agree with its principles.
1: Right, right, right. So, so you're going to be hollering about your rights as you turn into pulp when you meet the ground. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about, and so that's how many times we get into these fights where people are just going round and round and round and round and round because they don't know the difference between <clears throat> this is how I feel and this is what actually happened. That's why I love it when people put together videos that show like video events because, you know, people like to argue about a TV show and they're like, what are you watching? I'm like, well, okay, let's count the scenes where this thing we're talking about actually happened. And then let's count the scenes where the thing you're talking about happened. And then they'll say, no, 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 I'm still right. Okay, then I'm done. <laughs>
0: that See, that's the one thing that's disconcerting to me is, you know, me and you talking about TV shows, like any of the CW hero shows or Gotham or something and people getting into fights. What's sad is that that hardness of heart and that unwillingness to listen or bend or even consider another point of view has become so ingrained that it's affecting everything you try to talk to somebody about. You know, it, it makes... It makes trying to have practical conversations with somebody extremely difficult. And it makes an honest, open, two-way dialogue as rare as a unicorn right now. And, and it's not even just in comic fandoms. It, it, it It's extremely hard. Unless somebody is seeking, it's extremely hard... To even witness to somebody today, even somebody you know and get along with, you know, or somebody who's not trying to disprove the what they call the spaghetti monster in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a hardness to the heart in in a lot of people today, and it's just it's it's saddening to me because people are missing out on so many things because. Everybody's deciding to build their own, you know, impregnable fort around themselves. And the only people they let in are the people who, you know, Mm -hmm. meet this checklist requirements with zero deviation. So, you know, everybody's standing in their own forts and looking at each other and agreeing and nodding about how awesome their fort is. (laughs) And then when somebody else says, yeah, well, my fort, you know, and they can't even get the sentence out and everyone's like fire, you know, and then here comes the volley of cannon fires from all the parapets of our fort, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) what people don't understand is because we only built it with one thing instead of many things to give it dimension and depth. And the ability to bend and move. And, you know, you can't just stack a bunch of rocks and build, build a fort. And, you know, the next guy comes along and the wind blows. And because you don't have anything holding those rocks together, you know, now you're just covered in bruises because your rock fort fell down. Because well, there was nothing mm-hmm. holding it up because you didn't allow any substance in. It needed to be this specific thing. But you can't build anything with just one resource.
1: Well, see, that, <clears throat> that again, what you're talking about, that to me is the positive side of social media, and that's the positive side of being a geek or a nerd, because I love meeting new people, and I love hearing new perspectives, mm-hmm. and I love uh, people talking about angles on things that I've been enjoying all my life, but things I just never thought about. And, like, one of my friends told me that We've always thought of Green Lanterns as space cops, but they're not space cops. They're more like paladins because they're a force created by another force to enforce the, the Guardian's particular brand of justice. Right. And I said, that's really true. I never thought about it like that because Green Lanterns are not American and Green Lanterns are not Western and Green Lanterns aren't all the things we assume that they'd be. And, right. so, and so, right. So my brain just exploded. I was like, okay,
0: Dang.
1: what? see what I'm saying? And so that's what I mean when I say, that's why I love being a geek. That's why I love meeting and talking to new people. That's why I just love that, that positive side of it. But it's the, you know, the negative side that you just outlined are uh, very, very succinctly and very, very well about how you just built a whole castle just based on that one perspective and it may not even be uh, substantive. It may not even have anything to it. And you're so convinced that what you know is all there is to know that you will, you know, draw and quarter anybody that doesn't see it you see it
0: for real, like Sean Bean, and that, what was, that what was that movie, the um, Black Death. Have you ever seen that?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: It was, it was like an indie movie. It, it takes place, well, it's called The Black Out, so it takes place in that period of history. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's Sean Bean and a couple of other guys, they're knights and they're going after this thing, and, you know, Sean Bean can't live to the end of anything, so <laughs> he mm-hmm. gets, and, and they show it pretty well. Um, four horses get tied to limbs and they just keep walking until Sean Bean isn't in the movie anymore. So, I was <laughs> like, that really is a horrific practice. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but um, what I see that, that kind of breaks my heart um, is that it's transferring th- what we're talking about, that it's becoming the way they approach everything.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Historic, history doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, but these guys did this. No, no, they didn't. It just switched. Now the people that were the good guys are the bad guys. And the people who were the bad guys, well, they got infiltrated by who used to be the good guys, so now everybody's a bad guy. But I'm going to go with these bad guys because... I mean, look at how it's developed in comic books. Are there any pure heroes anymore? Or are they all... Everybody loves the fact that, that all the heroes have fallen from grace. And you watch a DC movie. Their animated movies are great because they're pretty much comic accurate. But you watch like a DCEU movie. And good God, every single one of those superheroes would be prescribed Xanax like immediately. They are so depressed that they have these exceptional abilities. Marvel's pretty good at keeping things light. But even they kind of fall into that whole, like, oh, gee, Williker sucks to be a superhero thing. So, like, the kids, young kids coming up, they, they don't even get the heroes that you and I got because every hero is now an anti-hero. Good isn't necessarily good. Bad isn't necessarily bad. You know, it goes into this whole the society's acceptance that there are no moral absolutes. So everything's this muddled, clear, gray mess and we wonder why we've kicked God out of pretty much everything publicly. And because God is a gentleman, when you ask him to leave, he'll leave. You know, you kick prayer out of schools, and the next agenda they have to bring in is a self-esteem agenda. Because you, you basically teach these kids that they're here because two stars bumped into each other, and the universe farted out this dust that over <laughs> billions of years somehow sentiently collected itself to form a universe, and this one planet in particular um, just hit the uh, critical role on the D20 jackpot over and over again to create a perfect terrarium to breed life. And then they're taught that nothing happens when you die, and all of this is just because two stars exploded and caused a cosmic fart. All right, well, kids, that was science. Next class, self-esteem. Like,
1: Well, like what you know? <laughs> about God being a gentleman, you know, I tell people all the time that God is a person. He's not a set of rules. He's somebody you have to meet and get to know. Right. And it's just exactly what you said. If you're following Christ, it's because you choose to, because the Lord does not force his love or his grace on anybody. So you have to make a choice to, and the life that you get in return uh, is better than the one you would have lived on your own. But it requires a cross. It requires that you give up sitting in the driver's seat. And uh, what I've been telling people lately is is that I've discovered many people have accepted Jesus as Savior, but they have not accepted him as Lord. Ooh. And that's the problem, um, because you accept him as suffering servant, that's Romans eight one, and you accept him as sweet Savior, that's Romans 5, one, but you won't accept him as Lord, that's Romans 12.1 and 2.
0: <laughs>
1: and so I've discovered that even in... Many religious contexts now that call themselves Christian, that's no longer taught. Like like taking up your cross is optional. No, 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 no. The Lord said, if you want to come after him, if any man would come after me, first thing you have to do is take up your cross. That's not optional. That's not low on the list. That's not, I don't think I'll do that today. That's part and parcel of the experience. And it's the only way you will ever get into the level of blessing God means for you to live in is if you crucify what you think and do what he says. And as long as you hold on to what you think, you're going to get the level of life that your thinking produces. Exactly. But once you let that go and tap into what God is saying, then his power goes to work through your obedience and faith. So. Yeah, so I'm saying that even concepts like that, because I grew up understanding that. I grew up hearing people say no cross, no crown. So I I grew up with people whose lives were spent in sacrifice so I could go to school, so I could have the experiences I had. So I saw it firsthand. You know, I watched my father work six days a week after he had a stroke. My father had a stroke and still worked six days a week, 12 hours a day. So you know, I, that's the kind of people I grew up around. So, so yeah. So you know, that shapes you when you're young. So, so yeah. That there's been such a detachment from those type of basic life principles to where, like you said, we can't even have a civil discussion before people are just firing up those torches and pitchforks. And I'm like, dude, man, yeah. if I if I could show you some of the names that I've been called just on Twitter alone and I'm like yeah okay whatever these are fictional characters so you know I'm just talking about I'm just calling it like I see it you know you're not going to change my mind (laughs) you're not going to make me see it you know whatever this way I see it and that's where I see it so that's the end of it for me so uh, one more thing I do want to say though before we go and that is that um, uh, you also made a very 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 interesting and true point about anti-heroes now being the norm It used to be uh, DC heroes were gods that pretended to be human and Marvel heroes were humans that got powers and their lives didn't get better. Right. So the approach, uh, Stan Lee's approach in particular, but the approach was always really clear because with DC back in the day, the hero was the thing and the secret identity was to hide the hero in Marvel. You were that person. You are Peter Parker. You are Tony Stark. You are Reed Richards. And then something happened to you. And now that you can do these incredible things, your powers are also uh, uh, a blessing, but they're also a curse. They're a blessing, but they're a burden. And so Marvel stories are always about how would you deal with this if this happened? It's a completely different kind of approach. But what's happened now is, what you said is that Everybody's dark, everybody's broken, everybody's angry, everybody's struggling with morality, everybody's gray, everybody's ambiguous, everybody's whatever, and then the go-to response is don't judge. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: don't judge me. Oh my gosh, I love when people I love when people throw that at me. Well, if you call yourself a Christian, then you can't judge. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Let me go back and show you all the different verses that 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 call on that particular falsehood that you just spouted out of your out of your mouth. Um, you know, like <laughs> there, right. there, that, that has been so misconstrued. And I love it when people who don't know the word throw it at you. Well, you're not
1: supposed to judge me. Based on what? Show me chapter and verse where it says that.
0: Now, right. if they're
1: talking about. Matthew 7, 1, where the Lord says, judge not, lest you be judged in return. Yeah, that word in the Greek is criticized. It's right. saying don't, don't have a critical spirit for, he goes on to say, whatever way you measure it out is the way it's going to be measured back to you. So there, that word that comes Boom. out in English, in judge, is better translated, criticize not, don't be critical. And he says in that passage, that you're you're busy looking at the moat in people's eyes, but you don't consider the beam that you it's Don't going consider to the out. beam in your own. Right. So the Lord is saying, don't be critical because you know the way you you measure it out is the way it's coming back to you. And then He says, make it your business to to mind your business.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: What's <laughs> in, in my eye? How about that?
0: <laughs> we well, always hear, it, you know, but you know, you know, you'll say something to someone, turn around, and be like, you need to take care of your own house first. Right. Now, I can agree with that more than the other thing. But, yeah, it's this whole, like, whatever behavior I exhibit, you just need to accept and turn a blind eye to. And you see it, like, even in the church. Like, you know, you know, in the body itself, people get like that. Well, well yeah, I do this, and I know the Bible says I really shouldn't. But, you know, I'm here, so I'm forgiven, so don't judge me. And you're like, no, do, do, have you never read the detail that Paul went into about when there's sin present in the church? that you bring that person up in front of the entire church and you pray for them, but you make them ask for sincere repentance. And if they don't ask for that sincere repentance, you show them the door to go find another church or to wander off on their own. And that you pray that they return like the prodigal son one day. Like there's this whole, there's all these things that don't judge me just dies in front of, but because people don't know that the Lord also says, because people don't know that, or they're so hard-hearted they don't want to listen to that, then you dip into the, my people perish for a lack of knowledge.
1: Right. Well, see, that's a whole, (laughs) you know, we can talk for another hour on that because the whole understanding of New Testament grace, the only covenant God ever made with Gentiles was the new one. We were never under the Mosaic law. Nope. But we don't even, it's what you just said, we don't even understand our theology about, it's like you know, and what that is is that's that's Western, that's smorgasbord Christianity. Yep, that's where you pick and choose verses that you like, that you want to hear, and you say this means
0: this. Oh my God, I call him action figure Jesus. I've talked about this at church.
1: Okay, uh-huh.
0: action figure Jesus. You know how each action figure comes with different accessories. You, you, God is Jesus is not a website you go to where you're like, I want this model. He comes with this crossbow. I want those boots, but I also want these boots in case I want to change them out. Can I have two different heads with two different hand styles, and I need him to have 32 points of articulation?
1: That's it exactly.
0: You can't have action figure Jesus. That doesn't exist.
1: That's it exactly. You've
0: made your own golden calf, and I hope to God somebody in your life is Moses enough to melt it down and set you straight.
1: Right, and then you buy into that, and then you think that that thing you just formed is the same as what doth saith the Lord.
0: Right? Well, that's the, my Jesus. Oh, I've had people say that. Well, that's my Jesus.
1: Oh. It's right. like you just,
0: you, you just look at him like, oh, man. And that,
1: that whole thing that you, you talked about before, um, when you're talking about church discipline and when you're talking about those particular verses about Paul said he turned over a couple of brothers to Satan because they were blaspheming
0: hmm.
1: So Paul said, I'm going. It was just like the Job situation. Paul said, I'm going to pray to God that he take down his head of protection from you. And we're going to let you go a few rounds with the devil on your own. Right. By the time you get through with that, you're going to learn how to praise God. And stop blaspheming. And that's exactly what happened. I was like, so the apostolic anointing very much is going to judge. What is wrong with you? all What Bible are you reading? They're not. <laughs> So, but, but anyway, we could talk another hour for that. Oh I, my God. I,
0: yeah. Cause I was about to say like the biggest part of the, of the lesson I was talking about earlier that my pastor brought to us last Sunday, the main basis of it was when, um, uh, I forget his name. It was the name of a Jewish preacher that was using the name of Jesus. And he had seven sons,
1: A uh, Skeva, Yes. He yeah. caught
0: on that, and like the way he t- it blew my mind, like the fact that the demons turned around and looked at him, and they say, "We know Jesus. They
1: say, Jesus, we know, and Paul, we know, Paul but we who, know, are-
0: who are you?" And then physically and spiritually whooped them silly.
1: That's right.
0: And I remember there was a missionary once who came to our church, and he said. Spiritual warfare is real, and I've seen it up close. I've had missionaries whose intentions were as good as mine, but they weren't spiritually sound, and I've watched demons pretty much kill them. He said, you can stay in this church, and you can find your way comfortable. And Jesus loves you, and Jesus will forgive you. And if you live a good life and you truly repent from your sins, you'll be fine. He said, but for those of you who feel almost like the military, that you've been called for active duty... You don't understand the amount of rigorous training you spiritually need to go under because the devil will chew you up and spit you out even if you've believed in Jesus from day one. If you are not spiritually sound, he will tear you apart. And stuff like that has always stuck with me because, you know, I mean, I joined the military at 18 literally to save my own life because after five stints in juvie and having a judge tell me I either wasn't going to make it till 21 or that I was going to be a lifer, the only oh. way I knew how to escape was to join the army, right? So yeah. I only I only served one one tour one one, one contract, mm-hmm. and you know, and then life got crazy after that. Not in a bad way, but I traveled all over the country doing stuff, and then I met my wife, and I've been grounded ever since. But having been in the military, my concept of what spiritual warfare is, I guess I compare it to what I was prepared for there. I prepare for. with with the Lord. And I know that there are certain fights I don't need to take on because I, I, am not that person and I will get knocked around like a kitten trying to fight a gorilla. And you know, so I mean like just that one thing you said, it brought, it brought to my mind what, what my pastor was talking about, like the severity of those sentences, because if you break it down, the two different ways that he says, no in English, it sounds like it's like you said, I know Jesus and I know of Peter but who are you in, in, in the actual translation, it's two different words that don't mean no. It's, it's, it's levels, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I know Jesus for them is like, I fully acknowledge who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and I, and I know Paul is I know of Paul and I know who he belongs to. It's, it's these two Greek words mm-hmm. that, that no took the place of in both sentences and it's these different levels of relationship that these demons have with both Jesus and knowing who Paul is as a deputy of Jesus. But then they turn around and the "Who are you?"
1: <laughs> right. You know? see, that's that's the kind of stuff again that prompted me to to write the book and to start the series.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm buying your book tonight. You know that, right?
1: Cool. Thank you so much because these are the kinds of conversations people need to have because. It is a reality, and you have to get people out of the mindset of religion because saying, you know, I don't believe in that, well, that doesn't make it go away. That's like I don't believe in gravity. And a lot of people have suffered a lot of things in life that they could have overcome through Christ, but they didn't understand spiritual warfare. Right. They didn't understand spiritual authority. They didn't understand the things that, because I've explained this to my son, I was like, if you study the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a completely different type of collection. The Old Testament has history, it has poetry, it has a lot of music, it has genealogy, it has a lot of fights, and it is, uh, from stem to stern, it is prophecy. It's prophetic. The New Testament doesn't start until Jesus dies, so what we call the four Gospels don't actually start the New Testament until the Lord dies. Then we see the birth of the church in the book of Acts, and after that, the New Testament spends the rest of its time explaining itself <laughs> until we get to the book of Revelation. That's how deep the New Testament is. Right. The New Testament spends the vast majority of its time God explaining this new covenant that he has written to mankind in the blood of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and what, what it means and what it doesn't mean and the New Testament stays right there until we get to the end of the world. Exactly. So, so I'm like, exactly. This is a part of our lives. This is not. You cannot denominationalize this.
0: That this was the, the, with
1: life on the planet. If you're the most
0: brilliant move the devil was ever able to pull off
1: uh, denominational divisions. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How well can a body function if it's cut into two hundred pieces? If this arm's laying over here and this arm's over here, but neither one's attached to a shoulder because the chest is laying over there, how functional is that body? And that's why religions, to me, are a joke, too. God, Jesus bucked the religion that was built around his father, Judaism. Like, man had distorted, you know what? What? Unless you're willing to stay on for another hour, we're going to save this for the next episode because I definitely want you back on. But
1: Cool. Yeah, like, I definitely have to know, run that like, up. an appointment.
0: The denominational division was, was, was you know, people say the devil's greatest trick was teaching people he didn't exist. No. His greatest trick was getting the church to cut itself into a million pieces and still expect to function religiously. Once okay. we decided that... Well, I don't like you wearing pants, and I don't think she should wear a skirt, so we're going to go and start our own church. And it just went from there. Speaking in tongues is wrong. Speaking in tongues is fine. Speaking in tongues is required. Speaking in the, no. How about you all shut your human mouths up for five seconds? (laughs) Let the voice of God talk to you.
1: (laughs) I told you, man. I told you, man. The way of God is the cross not about exactly. what you think. It's not about what you say. It's about what the Lord says. But he's not going to force you.
0: He's a gentleman.
1: Right. So if you want to hear what the maker of the universe has to say, then, yeah, that'll be better than anything we could come up with. Right. If you don't want that, then he will step back and let you have your way. And he will and weep if it for you when you hurt. Even if it kills you.
0: He will weep for you when you hurt.
1: So anyway, let me bounce, though, because I got another uh, appointment I have to go to.
0: Okay. um, Just do contact information real quick. This episode went beautifully in a way I didn't think it was. I actually brought you on to talk about The Flash. I would have much rather have done this.
1: (laughs) Okay. um, We can can definitely uh, talk about The Flash next time, but we definitely need some more of this, too.
0: Yes, we do. So let let everybody know where they can find your stuff, and more importantly, where they can find you, the source of this stuff, because I think people could benefit from talking to you.
1: Uh, The way to find me is go to my author website, which is DT, my initials, David Taylor, DT, then the number two, author.org. And you can find all of my books. I have sci-fi, fantasy, comics, and children's books. So they're all on my website, and then you can follow me on Twitter. I have a Twitter that's my author Twitter. It's the same as my website, but the one I'm on the most is my DT2 Comics chat. So that's DT, my initials, the number two, comics, C-O-M-I-C-S, chat. And I'm on there every day. Uh, Love to talk to people. Love to meet new people. You know, this was a, a blessed connection. This was not accidental. And I'm just so excited just to meet a a brother and a kindred spirit and a, uh, you know, could you just get so encouraged just to to hear the testimony of another person. So I have been blessed by talking to you, Jason. So thank you so much for reaching out to me. This was awesome.
0: You too, man. Like I said, this just set my whole weekend. It's amazing.
1: Cool. Thank you so much.
0: All right, man. You have a blessed evening. All right. You too. All right, man.
1: Bye-bye. Bye, sir.